I'd actually just got to this point where I had enough. My whole story back then was no one gets it. No one would even care if I killed myself. I live right next to the cliffs in South Shields. I went to the cliffs. Luckily or not for me, every time I left the house at this point in my life, my wife would follow me because she didn't know what I was going to do next. My wife started to leave my daughter in the car and she followed me onto the cliff. And this is a mad thing for us to understand. She thought that because I was so unhappy, it was her fault. She thought that was because she was a shit wife. She almost let me go because she could see and feel how much pain I was in. There's people like me, what you gotta be sad about? Mate, I'm making fucking more money than I know what to do with. Mm. I'm not working hard for it. Mm. I've got this fucking four bedroom villa. Yeah. I've got everything that I thought I ever wanted, but I'm fucking empty inside. Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary event crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. In 2014, Paul Mort found himself standing on the edge of a cliff as a self-confessed, overweight, depressed coke addict, ready to end it all because of the emptiness he felt inside. He had a wife, two kids, a hugely successful business, and appeared to have it all. But he was masking his inner darkness with humour, booze and drugs. Paul's wife managed to talk him down that day, and he was then faced with reality of pulling himself out of the pit through self-reflection, therapy and hard work. Eight years later, his life is transformed and he teaches others to break the cycle and take action immediately. This is the eventful life of Mr. Paul Mort. Paul, welcome to the show, mate. Man, I'm excited, very excited. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm intrigued on your world. So what mm -hmm. I'm going to do, let's roll all the way back. Mm -hmm. Where did you grow up and what inspired you to help millions of men around the world with their mental health? So I grew up in a, in a small town called South Shields, which is in between Newcastle and Sunderland. I am not the most famous export. I gave my friend Chris Ramsey that accolade, or Catherine Cookson, the mm. author, or Jade from Little Mix, or Joe McAldry that won the X Factor. For a shit's all, we're doing all right. Yeah. However, <laughs> what inspired me to work with so many men with a mental health was actually when I moved away from South Shields. So I built this successful business, I made a fir my first million in 2014, um, but at that time in 2014, I'd moved to Marbella because how old, how old were you then? Roughly? 34. 34 when 34. you moved to Marbella. Yeah, I was okay. 34 when I moved to Marbella, and uh, actually I wasn't. I was 32 when I moved to Marbella. I'd yeah. lived there for two years, and I essentially had built this business. Back then, it was a supplement company that I owned, and I built this business, and I had no idea how to handle money or success. My mom worked in Asda. My dad worked in the same factory for 35 years. None of my family were entrepreneurs. None of my friends were entrepreneurs. So I didn't have anyone to kind of, I didn't know what to do with mm. this money. So I put most of it up my nose. Mm. Marbella was like a two year lads holiday. Didn't The thing is, I didn't even know anyone there. Yeah. So I moved to this country, took my wife there. We had a newborn son. My daughter was then born there. So you've got my wife who's dealing with two year old boy. Yeah newborn daughter in a country where we don't know anybody and then me who's going on fucking three-day banders yeah so while i was there i had a series of meltdowns and breakdowns and i was actually while i was out there i got diagnosed bipolar and in spain the only way i put it is they said we don't really deal with this it's not really a thing here so at that point we've got me diagnosed bipolar a country that don't really treat it because it's not a thing and my wife dealing with all of that. So we were like, fuck it, let's move back to South Shields. What made, uh, just roll with stops there, mate. Mm. What made you want to go to Marbella? <laughs> Listen, I know Marbella for years. I've been going for years. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. But what made you at the age of 32? You're obviously a party boy yeah. leading up to that. Yeah. Were you using a lot of cocaine? A lot of cocaine. What, yeah, give me an example what sort of amounts you do on a, on a weekend. Between five and ten grams. Easy. Up your own hooter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Easy, easy. Okay. Yeah, easy. And were you doing that back in the UK before you went to Marbella? And did you think, oh, I want to yes. go to Marbella because yes. I've got the sunshine, it's yes. lost up, I'm going to carry on with my diction. Do you, know why I, do you know why I left Dodge? Because I'd got into this place where, and I'm sure we've all been there, where I just hated everyone. 
okay. where I was like, he's negative, she's negative, she doesn't get it, he doesn't understand me. Everyone he has negative and small-minded. Because you get taught that in your self-development books and your your quotes and your, your, your fucking seminars and that, or oh, cut out all the negative people. And I was like, I quickly realized that when I moved to Bombay, I removed all the toxic people, got rid of all the negative people, and there was only me left. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the problem actually wasn't other people. The problem was me. So me moving to Marbella, I suppose, I was running away from yeah. shit. Yeah. I wasn't, I moved there because basically I went on holiday for six weeks and didn't come back. Yeah. So I got married, uh, went to Marbella for a six-week honeymoon and just didn't come back mm. um, because I was convinced that everybody else, had the problem. everyone else was a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone else is a dick. And, and, and then I was like, actually, well, there's one common denominator and amongst all these negative people, all these losers, all these, you hear all sorts of things thrown around like mood hoovers, yeah. uh, vamp energy vampires. Yeah. And that was my whole vibe. And then I was like, actually, I've moved to a country where I don't know anyone. Now I'm isolated and I'm lonely. Who else is there left to hate? Mm. The, mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So then I started picking fights with people on the internet. Spent most of my days just arguing with random people on the internet. Why, were you bored? I was bored. Yeah. My money was, with a supplement company like that, mate, it's kind of a numbers game yeah. where you pay for traffic to go to yeah. a website, people buy the supplements. My business partner at the time was mega smart. I was no longer the face of a company. Yeah. I was no longer a, the, the guy that had to front it all. I was just, I was bored looking for, looking for anything to get my teeth stuck into. Yeah. Cause you've got to think mate, at 32, I've been, I went self-employed when I was 19, two GCSEs. Nobody showed me how to do it. Mm. At 32, I'd done everything that I thought there was to do. So. What did you think that was? Money. Yeah. Business, car. Yeah. Hot wife, four bedroom villa with a private pool, two kids. What so, do you do? What do you do then? Yeah. So that basically, you, that was external stuff. Mm. All external stuff. But the internal stuff, you have. You Didn't were, have a clue. Didn't, was, there, was there a lot of no trauma going on inside you? A lot of trauma. Do you know the way only I could describe it, mate, is that. When I set those kind of goals when I was 21, these lofty ambitions, when I got there at age 32, it didn't feel anything like what I thought it would. Yeah. And then I was almost in this place, and I've talked to a bunch of athletes and ex-military people about this, where I'm like, well, what now? Yeah. So it was like, it feels like I climbed up this ladder of success. I stepped on loads of people on the way. Yeah. I didn't speak to my mum for like almost a year. Mm. I fell out with a bunch of people, didn't speak to my friends for ages because they were all negative, yeah, <laughs> all yeah, losers, yeah. right? I, I, I sacrificed my mental health. I was five stone overweight to get to the top of this ladder. And then when I got there, I realized it was against the wrong building. That's yeah. the only way I can describe it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lost this sense of, and I think this happens to many people, my sense of purpose. I wasn't moving towards anything anymore. So I was, I was almost just looking for trouble. Yeah. That makes sense to feel something. And you can certainly find trouble in Marbella. Oh fuck me! Yeah, yeah. Did, were there any moments you were out there you thought, "Shit, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping way above my weight here"? Yes. Yeah. There was one moment in particular. I started trying to get my. I started. This is a mad story. This I haven't told many people about this. I was. I'd, I'd start training a CrossFit gym to try and. I knew I needed to start to do something about my, my physical health at least. So I started training in this CrossFit gym, and it turns out the head, the guy that owned the gym, was from Sunderland. Mm. So we had like a common interest, but from a from a common area. And then one day, a few of my friends were over from South Shields. Um, him and his brother came out and we, we had a, 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 a sesh down, down the port, mm. Port of Benus. And my friends all left and I'm walking with these two guys who I don't know that well. And then all of a sudden, both of them just fucking jumped me. Right. We had a day on the sniff and a day on the boost for no reason, jumped me, give me a good pace then. And I've got to go back home to my villa in Marbella where my two-year-old son answers the fucking door mm. to his dad with fucking teeth missing his face punched in, his nose broken. Um, my wife's heavily pregnant at this time. And then that's where I was like, yeah, this is, well, I have to do something about this. Mm. Yeah. Was that yeah. the moment when you thought, I need to change my life? Or did you- One of them. One of them. One was of there, them alarm Was there another clocks. moment? One in Marbella, we went to a place called Estepona, beautiful place, a bit further up towards I know Seville. Really beautiful, well. lovely little place. Yeah. And we went to a car park there and we couldn't get a spark parking space. And I had a fucking meltdown. Right, okay. Because <laughs> I couldn't get a parking space. That's where my wife said, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. And then we moved home. But actually, Dodge, what's interesting is it, it didn't get better when I moved home because I had easier access to gear. Yeah. 
easier access. I've got all of my friends from back in the day who right. love a session. You've got to consider I'm having these sessions in Marbella. Don't even fucking know anyone. Yeah. So now I moved back home and I'm with all my pals who I used to work in bars and clubs with, lads that I used to play football with, go to the match with, and I've got more access now. Yeah. Got more, I know more dealers. So the sessions started getting heavier and I'd go missing and I'd turn my phone off for three days. My wife would be worried sick. So and this is the... This kind of this is the incident that I became famous for that I talk a lot about in my books and I have a video about this that's got like 12 million views where I talk about an incident that happened on the 17th of December 2014 where I'd actually just got to this point where I had enough. My whole story back then was no one gets it. And I actually thought this, Dodge, no one would even care if I killed myself. That's what that's what went through your head. No one would even care if I okay. killed myself. Okay. So twenty the seventeenth of December twenty fourteen was actually where I went to do it. I went to the cliffs. I live right next to the cliffs in South Shields. I went to the cliffs. And luckily or not for me, every time I left the house at this point in my life, my wife would follow me because she didn't know what I was gonna do next. I was so volatile, mate. So volatile. And and when you're turning your phone off for three days at a mm-hmm. time, the police are gonna come looking for you. Mm. There's gonna be a missing person. And, and yet they're all cries for help. So on this on this date on the 17th, my wife had followed me and she followed me onto the cliff. My daughter's still in the car at this point. She's maybe, she's maybe six, eight. My wife's had to leave my daughter in the car. Got two cars. And my wife said to me, and this is mad in retrospect, my wife will say this. She did a little chapter in my first book at the back. Which, and this is a mad thing for us to understand. She thought that because I was so unhappy, it was her fault. No. She thought she that was because she was a shit wife. And I never got in fucking hell. Oh, <clears throat> so she thought it was her fault. I didn't know this until mid, maybe last year. Maybe oh last God. year when she when she told me about this and we talked about it on a podcast. So you thought you were going through shit. Imagine what she was going through. Yeah. Bloody hell. She's got two yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. She's dealing with me. She's yeah. dealing with me who, and also she's trying to get me access to mental health support. Mm. She couldn't get it. We did, we the other did, challenge I had was I wouldn't go. I'm like, I'm fucking I'm fine. Saying, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fuck fine. these people. Yeah. I'd go and see shrinks. I'd be like, fuck this guy. He doesn't know. He doesn't. Because yeah. I can look in someone's eye, mate, and you can yeah. know whether they get it. Yeah. So they'd be lecturing me. Oh, have you tried keeping a mood diary? I'm like, what? So I can remind myself of how fucking shit I feel. Yeah. I'd just walk out of these places, yeah. spend thousands on private shrinks. We'd go NHS. We couldn't get any help. Um, and this t- this time, so she's followed me and she said, she, she was almost like, she was in a place, this is mad, this, where she almost felt that she had, to, she thought she had to let me do it. There was part of her that was like, should I just let him do it? Because she, because, you know what I mean? Mm. It's hard, innit? Mm. And I don't talk about this very often because it's, it's hard to fit it in, but she, she was almost at a point where she almost let me go because she could see and feel how much pain I was in. Do you get what I'm saying? And what's mad is, sometimes when I talk about this, people are like, what you gotta be sad about? Mate, I'm making fucking more money than I know what to do with. Mm. I'm not working hard for it. Mm. I've got this fucking four bedroom villa. I've got everything that I thought I ever wanted, but I'm fucking empty inside. So she could see how much pain I was in. And part of it was like, shall I just let him do it? Which is crazy, isn't Mm. it? And I'm sure anybody's, partners who've seen their partner, their husband, their wife in so much pain has maybe even thought, should I, is it better? Mm. But you said to me the words that'll change my, that changed everything for me. And as a result, it probably changed fucking thousands of lives across the fucking country, mate. Yeah. She said to me, think about the kids. Yeah. My part is I said, I am. They'd be better off without me. Oh. Because did when you, you're that did low, you say that I said it out loud, eh? they'd be better off without me. Because at that time, I was awful to be around. Hated myself, hated being around anybody. And there's no logic. There's no logic when you're that emotional, that low. There is no logic. So she said to me, and these are the words here. Okay, then think about the kids growing up as those kids whose dad killed himself. And that was it. That was like, Jesus, yeah. Hit me like a bombshell. Yeah. yeah. And that was the moment that I suppose I became no longer willing to tolerate the way that I was behaving. Because that, mate, me ending up on those cliffs didn't happen by accident. Mm. I didn't catch all that thing. It's not contagious. I created that, mm. which triggers a lot of people because that whole episode wasn't contagious. I didn't, it didn't happen by accident. It happened as a result of my behaviors, my actions, my thinking. Yeah. 
the, the feelings that I was creating for myself. But actually, I find that quite empowering. If I can create this without even fucking trying, yeah. imagine, imagine what I could what, create if yeah. I put my fucking mind to it. Yeah. And, now I, and I understood shit then. Yeah. I became, and I'm a firm believer that often we have the life we're willing to put up with. Yeah. Not everyone, mm. but I think most of us have the life we're willing to put up with. I suppose in that moment, because you got to consider, Dodge, for a long time, I knew, you know something has, you know when something's not right. Yep. You know when you're being a dick. Yep but you just keep putting up with it. But is that because you were an addict? Was that because you were cocaine and boozing? Because you don't do cocaine without booze, right? No. No. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> let me, let me, I did do that for a little bit and actually it was after 2014 as well. So I had that life-changing altering moment and then I got put, put on a drug called lithium, mm. which is the, the gold standard bipolar drug. Mm. And it took me from, because when I was having these bipolar episodes, I actually don't believe that I'm bipolar. I hate it when people say that. Just give me an example of what bipolar means. So bipolar is when you have gigantic highs yep. called manic episodes yep. followed by really deep depressions, obviously depressive episodes. Yep. So you have massive highs and massive lows. I went from that, that again, I was creating. This mm. is why if someone says to you, you're bipolar, I'm like, no, I was just diagnosed with that. I'm not, that's not me. Yeah. It's not who I am. Um. What well, you were saying that to people. I say that now. Say it now, okay. Like, are you bipolar? I'm not bipolar. Yeah. It's just the doctor labeled me with it yeah. once, but that's not fucking super glue. Yeah. That's Velcro. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from having these fucking giant highs and these huge lows to feeling nothing. Mm. Nothing. So this lithium is like a mood stabilizer, kind okay. of. Okay. Um, this is how powerful it is. When I stopped taking it, I had to do medical supervision. I had to get my bloods taken every week. Because if you stop taking it, you die. Because your liver can't handle the toxic load. That's how mad it is. So hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if you stop taking you that, die. you die. Your liver can't handle the so load. So you're taking it every single day now? No, no. So I came off it. If you just stop and go cold turkey, you die. So you just wean yourself off? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And you have to do it on a medical supervision. Okay. That's not what I'm recommending. I'm not a doctor. I seek out medical professional yeah. help. Yeah. Um, but they put me on that and I couldn't feel anything, mate. I just went... I was a zombie wandering through life. So I went from amazing highs to really deep lows to just feeling shit constantly. Yeah. So in that period, I stopped drinking for ages, mm. right? Because obviously that's a lot of load, but I was still having lines of coke off my desk, like in the middle of the fucking day, mate. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. But didn't, I, I wanted to feel something. I, need, I couldn't get any energy going, no matter what I did. And I was even saying to the doctors, listen, I'm not drinking. I'm exercising and I still feel like fucking shit. Yeah. So I need to get off of this. I need you to help me get off this. So, I mean, it took a long time and I, had to, I basically had to convince this professor to get me off these meds. I had to convince him, yeah. had to show him that I was living this fucking clean life. Yeah. Um, Even though you were banging But during a period day. of time, okay. I was doing lines before yeah. I jumped on a call, I jumped on a session or yeah. whatever um, because I wanted to feel something. Mm. And that, that kind of led me on a on the journey where I am now. Yeah. yeah. Did you never did you never go to NA cocaine anonymous? No, because I didn't Alcoholic Anonymous. I still don't believe I was an addict because it wasn't every day. But I don't know what the definition of an addict is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I could go weeks without drinking, I could go weeks without coke. But here's what you gotta consider. Most of my drinking and sniffing was on a weekend. Yeah. Here's what's mad. Yeah. If I looked at that behaviour now, Many people, not many people listening to this, but many men who live where I'm from, they would just be like, well, that's the what norm. you do on a weekend. Yeah. I think the whole nation will think that what you're saying here, mm -hmm. whether you're a doctor, mm -hmm. whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an accountant, whether you're yeah. a party boy. Isn't that mad? Everyone's, it's rife. It's normal, huh? Yeah. It's normal, which, which is, is concerning. And no one wants to talk about no that. No one wants to talk about nah. it. I say this all the time. I did a podcast. I can see him on the wall. Like Haskell, the big ugly fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it. I did a thing with Haskell about it. And we talked about it. And it was World Mental Health Day just a few days ago. Yeah. And everyone's talking about talking. I'm mm. like, well, talking doesn't cook fucking rice. Cheap, yeah. It doesn't cook rice. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a start. And it might help you. But if you're talking and then going back to doing fucking bag on a weekend yeah. and drinking all weekend, yeah. that's not going to change, mate. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quite passionate about this. Same. Um, Do you know what's interesting? You talk about that. If you look at the 80s and 90s, cocaine was for back in the 80s, for the uppies it was called. Or then in the 90s, it went for all the city boys. It's rife right now. Unbelievable. Students, 18-year-old yeah. getting bags of gear. 
Mate, when like, I go to the match, I'm a big Sunderland supporter, yeah. so I go to away games, home games. We'll go to the match, and I take my daughter, she's nine, and I'm seeing lads who are fucking 16, and they're wired to the moon. Yeah, or or you go half-time, all the bogs are massive queue outside the bogs, and your rhinos are empty. <laughs> <laughs> By half-time yeah. in Sunderland, they've stopped going in the, in the bogs. They yeah. just fucking keep the key, key on the key. <laughs> <laughs> the key in the trough, uh, and offering you it, I'm yeah. like, bro, come on, yeah, come yeah. on. But it's a, it's a, it's, it's funny that in it that mm. I thought it was a, and again, I don't know if it's a dick, addictive behaviour, but I wouldn't have classed myself. I would class you, wouldn't would addict. you? It's yeah. interesting that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, hugely. It's interesting. Hugely. Listening to you speak nothing in, yeah. every single sign that's a pure addict. Mm -hmm. Smart, isn't it? So what happened? What happened? You, you, you come off the cliff. That was yeah. Uh, life changing Mate, something else that, happened that had to be life changing that was, that probably was wouldn't a, be here now a wake up call yeah okay a but wake up call mate a big big wake up call but did that make you go I have to change my lifestyle I have yes. to become a better human being yes. to my wife I have to become a better dad yes. I have to become a better friend mm -hmm. but I have to stop cocaine and drinking because it's turning me into someone I don't like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't know what to do though that's interesting I was like well how do you do this what do you do how do you do it where did do you, you start did you not think N.A.? Coca nah. or CA or AA. Nah, not even. Didn't even cross your mind. Because nah. I could Did go. Did you know about it? I could go. Oh, I heard about it, but it, well, I didn't class myself as an addict. Wow. Because so I, I could go from Friday. I could go from Sunday to Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I could function from oh, Monday to Friday. So basically, a functioning alcoholic, functioning party cocaine user, and everything else in the yeah. mix. Yeah. Monday to Friday, you were clean. Fine. Friday, Saturday, Sunday on Fine. a bender. Yeah. I would say that is a ridiculously high percentage of the UK. Me too. Yeah, nothing's fucking said about it. Everyone's oh, because you just talk. People don't. People don't want to mention it. People don't no. want to talk about this because like, they get triggered by yeah, it. Yeah, because they get triggered. Like normal people you're seeing now going out with bags of cocaine mm -hmm. just for a night out. Going, oh, they, they're leaving the house. Going, I can't leave out a grand pocket. What? Yeah, it's mad, what, isn't it? madness. It's mad. And, and do you know what's interesting? I remember. I remember in 2020, my profile blew up a little bit because mm. more people were on the phones. I started the podcast. I got a book deal with Harper Collins, and I talked about this. This is something that happened to me in 2020 where I drank. For two Fridays in a row, yeah. for the first time since 2014, and everyone's like, I do that every week. Yeah. Even just two Fridays in a yeah. row, and I knew that that's not cool for me. Yeah. So yeah, that was something else happened though, Dodge, in 2014. It was Christmas Day. So we talking, we talking, you, you, you're Senior. on the cliff there. Yeah. After the cliff, you went to- the after, the after the cliff, I'm still doing bits of lines and that. I'm yeah, guess. Not every right. day and not drinking through the day. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Not still drinking a, through the day. Not drinking through the day. <laughs> it's 5 p.m. somewhere around the world now. <laughs> <laughs> not drinking through the day. Not drinking around my kids, actually. Okay. I don't like my kids, even now, I haven't drank this year at all. I'm doing a year booze free. Mate. Year booze free. But how since long, 2014. How, long, how clean are you at the moment? How many days? I'm nine months and something. Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah, respect. 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 I'll go until the 23rd and then who knows? Yeah. 23rd of December. Straight on the bender. Yeah, <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> Do you know because. Hopefully not. Now, even since 2014, yeah. mate, you're talking five times a year. Yeah. Every quarter, a few beers with me, mates, yeah. maybe at the match, maybe in a away game or something. Yeah. Um, but there was, a, there was a moment also in 2014 where it was Christmas Day, suicide watch team are at my house. With just me. So who, my, who called them up? Did your wife? My wife them called the them up. up. Okay. My wife called them up. But the problem is, I didn't want to. I wouldn't go to appointments. Yeah, okay. And I'm not going to fucking appointments. Or by the time you could get one with anybody, mm. I'd feel okay again. Mm. And, I'd, and I'd go for the appointment, and they'd be like, "Well, they'd look at me and be like, well, what's the matter with you?'" Yeah. But I'm like, my wife's like, he's not going to fucking come when he's no. rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't get him out of bed when yeah. he's rock bottom. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a really interesting time. But the suicide watch team are at my house on this day, and. Um, my wife and kids aren't even there Christmas Day because they can't be around me because I'm too explosive. And there's a lady called Donna who I'm actually, I've been trying to get her on my podcast for two years because everyone knows Donna now. She, they know about the story with Donna. Everyone that's read my book. Who's Donna? Donna is a community support worker. Up north where you yeah, are. Yeah, up okay. north from yeah. Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. And Donna, I remember this Christmas Day because I'd actually been drinking on Christmas Eve, waited till my kids went to bed, got pissed, couldn't put a Thomas the Tank engine train set together. Had to get me dad around. So two things happened in this in these two days. Me dad didn't say anything, but I could tell he was embarrassed for me. Mm. He was like disappointed in me because mm. I couldn't build this Thomas the Tank engine train set because I was pissed. Mm. Um, anyway, the next day Donna's there and she doesn't even say anything. I'm hungover. She just looks at me over the top of the glasses, almost like <laughs> she, she reckons she didn't say it, and I don't think she did. She just went. The look was, "You need to get your fucking shit together." Yeah. She just looked at me. Yeah. You've been drinking. Like I did yesterday, and she just looked at me in a way that was the the look that your mum would give yeah. you when you'd really let her down. Yeah. 
And that those two moments combined with the week before were the two things that were like, yeah, get your fucking shit together. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting because James actually asked me, why do you think your shit works so much? I'm like, because I say things in a way that I need them said to me. Yeah. Those things weren't even said to me, Yeah. <laughs> which is mad. But what I didn't need was fucking molly coddled. Yeah. I didn't need that. Did you need like a mate to give you a little slap around the chops and say? I needed did someone. You, did you have a mate to slap you around the chops I, and say? I, I met a guy in America. Yeah. Called Garrett White, and Garrett had a course called Wake Up Warrior, yeah. Warrior Week, right? So I flew out to Laguna Beach, California, had a fight with a man on a beach that I'd never met. Did this course for a week. Basically, hold on, I needed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You had a fight with a man you'd never met on the beach in America. <laughs> you ain't getting away with this. Come on. So this is a course that I'd actually did the course in 2014, but it was yeah. the start of my journey. Where you go to California, you do worry. You learn some shit about your mind. You learn some shit yeah. about your body. You learn some shit about balance. Mm. Um, and the first part of it is you have to go on a beach and do something called bro down, where you put some boxing gloves and a and a, and a head guard on. You have a fucking dust up with okay. someone on the beach. Okay, that's to get rid of because you think about this is ten guys. Testosterone. This course is 10 yeah, grand yeah, for the yeah. week, by the yeah. way. Oh, okay. So you've got guys that are all big dicks. Yeah, okay. Like, big dick, who's got the biggest knot? The, yeah. If you don't do that, you've seen it at the end of a fight. Right? Yeah. People who hate each other are now mates after yeah. a fight. Yeah. That's why they did that. And in that course, this guy was someone who I respected, whose results I respected, who basically told me, well, you can, it's called Wake Up Warrior. Mm. Wake the fuck up, stop lying. Mm. Stop lying. Mm. And I needed, it wasn't to man up, essentially, because I don't truly believe in that, but I needed someone that was basically like, come on, not a, not a, everything's okay, you're amazing, I didn't need that. I needed to be told the fucking truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think for some men, I think that arm around the shoulder will work, for some women it'll work, but some of us need a bit of a, a wake up call. Yeah, so right. I just got many wake up calls, and then I just, the kids thing especially was like, well, I've got a responsibility for these kids, mm. if I can't do it for me, because I hate it myself, mm. I can't do that for me. I was like, well, I've got to show these two little fuckers mm. <laughs> how to live. Mm. That was it. Wow. Yeah. Going, just rolling back there, you mentioned about the lying. Yeah. People who use a lot of alcohol mm -hmm. and cocaine mm -hmm. normally lie a lot. Mm -hmm. Were you telling lies to your wife? Big time. Were you cheating on your wife? Big time, that. No. No. Never cheated on my wife. Well done. Well 23 done. years. Well done. <laughs> that mad. 23 years. But were you lying to your wife and were you also lying to kids? Were you getting frustrated? If you're using cocaine, there's no way you're going to be calm and collected no. around your kids at the time. Were no. you getting in a place where you, the kids were there just and annoyed of them? Going, just leave and tell them I was at work. So you'd stay longer at work? Tell them I, I'll tell them I was at work and I'd go back to the office. Do nothing. Just piss but around. Just be there. Just waste, be on my own. What, to waste time to yeah. go back and put them... To waste time, wait for them to, to go back to bed. Wow. Wait for them to go back to bed. Uh, what what uh, percentage uh, of men do you reckon stay at work <laughs> later I don't know the percentage, but I reckon it's a few. Yeah. It's, I reckon high. it's a few. Yeah, so mm. we miss that whole... And it's an energy problem, right? If you're fucked, it's really difficult to keep calm and keep your shit together when you're really tired. Yeah. About a stressful day at work, um, but yeah, mate, the, the lies were no, I'm not drinking. Yeah, and I'd have fuck, I'd be sitting. Mate, honestly, there's yeah, times think, where the things you can't lie with that. I drink, I go drive my car, yeah. get four cans in a bag, and then drive home, but not even leave the car. Yeah, not even leave the car. Yeah, remember one what, time in particular, what, have, the, have the cans in the motor, have the cans in the motor, straight back to the missus an hour later. Go and sit in a car park, yeah. drink four cans, have a bag, maybe not finish the bag, and then go back home. <laughs> yeah. And that's, he has me. Now I'm getting this, mate, that yeah. I've never said. Again, I still wouldn't class myself as an addict. Mate. But now it's becoming mate. more. more <laughs> mate, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I've been around this yeah. for years. Yeah. You know, lots of people. That's yeah. pure, it's like pure, a functioning. Yeah. I was still highly functioning, mate, because my business was still killing it. Yeah. Do you know but what I mean? It wasn't like. But that's the big cover up. Yeah. How many friends have you got? I've got, I could count numerous amount Maybe of people I know yeah. who are covering up their addictions. Mm -hmm. Whether it's mm. porn addiction, mm. alcohol addiction, women, food, drugs, whatever. It's addiction, 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 ever. But society tells you that it seems to be okay. It's weird. And that's probably what it is. I think my label, my image in my head, the picture in my head of as an addict was is like the, homeless. Is the fella on the thing no, with, a, with a bottle. Sold of everything. Of, yeah. Sold everything he's got. But, but the rest of my life was fucking yeah. fine. Business yeah. was fine. Me, my, actually, I say the rest of my life, I was just fucking making money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was making money. Imagine was... how your spirit was feeling inside. It must have been dying. Yeah. It was, and it felt like that. That's yeah. why I was doing the lines, to make me feel something. Something good about yourself. Yeah. But do you think that's why people go and buy nice clothes, nice car on tick that they can't afford, cocaine on the weekend, oh, yeah. uh, a massive mortgage? I look at people now, I look at the, 
These... Yeah, that's why people look at the fucking phone. Yeah. Never mind any of that. It's, yeah. a, it's a boost. It's a boost, isn't it? Boost yeah. their own. How many yeah. people, do you know the suicide rate in the UK of men between 40 and 50 is 5,000 men a year commit suicide? It's mad. It's mad. We're going through an interesting phase right now where you may, I did a video about it a while ago where we're in this area where people are encouraged to open up. Yeah. Right? But we're also in an area in an, in a, in a, and it might just be the shit that I see because I don't know many much about what's going on in the world. I tend mm. to stay away from Same. mainstream media. I don't watch the news, yeah. If it's that important, I'll Someone find out. Someone will tell me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so so it, it's, I'm also, it's also a case of like, you're getting asked to be vulnerable, but then you post something vulnerable or talk and you're getting shit for it. Yeah. Stop being a fucking pussy. Man yeah. up. You should have yeah. killed yourself. May I get a sh Every other day I'll get a you should have killed yourself comment. You're joking, man. Every other day. How do you deal with that? Usually it's a thank you or a love. Every so often, every so often, because I change my approach. Sometimes it's like, mate, that's not okay. Yeah. Pens that's not okay. Doing. You've got two kids in your fucking profile picture. Show yeah. them that, what you've just posted. Yeah. To someone who's got two kids, mate. Yeah. Someone posted something the other day that said, you've got to do what you said you would t-shirt on there. Well, you're a massive failure because you said you'd kill yourself and you didn't. Mm. And I was just like, I came out with a video and I said, look at this guy. This is not okay. Because yeah. someone's got, sometimes I think it's easy to say block and ignore. But usually you the people can't. give, usually the people that are giving that advice aren't the ones that are getting anything. Yeah. Oh, just block and ignore them. Yeah. Well, are you, you the get, one that's getting comments like you, that every you day? You can get a thousand nice comments. <laughs> one little toe rag comes in on a little yeah. keyboard warrior says something and that will yeah. stick in your mind for the whole day. Yeah. How do yeah. you personally deal with a negative comment? I change my approach all the time. Because okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do get asked this question a lot and I'm like, however best, however I feel is best that day, yeah. if my energy's low, yeah. you're fucking getting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm tired, that's not okay to post that. Yeah. If it's just a, something like, your voice is stupid, you talk too fast, you're yeah. way too confident, or, you, or yeah. you're thick, I'm fine with that. But yeah. if it's something like, you should have killed yourself or your kids are this or that, you, you've let the kids down or something. Do you go hunting them down? You open up their profile, see who they are, sometimes, see where they live. So, sometimes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the biggest, that can be dangerous One well. of my biggest disappointments was last year, I sent someone my address. I said, come and say all that stuff if yeah. you want. Did he come out? Did he fuck? Did he fuck? <laughs> did he, fuck? <laughs> he came in me DMs and apologised. Yeah. That's what he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually it's just, because the thing is, I'm, I'm quite a prolific content creator. Mm. So I, I actually see it sometimes. Well, that's great content. Here's one that I got today. Oh, you Nick love this. And use it. Quality, love this great one. idea. This one I got today. It was a comment on a video that I did for a little book that I made that I'm giving away for free. It said, and then he goes, this, I don't know where she even got this from. And then after his podcast, he goes and sniffs coke off strip as horses. I'm like, you're wildly incorrect, but uh, would you like to be a guest on my next podcast? <laughs> And I'm like, where have you gotten that yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah also, yeah. who snorts it off the arse? That's yeah. not the best place to snort yeah. coke from. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it was, uh, yeah, I get some mad shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I get a lot of criticism, a lot of hate. Actually, I don't see you it. A, people just get triggered by what I'm saying because, yeah, because I tell the truth. you're saying the truth. Yeah. There's not many people out there at the moment who are lucky enough like us to, to have our own podcast to yeah. tell what's, yeah. how Dodge, it is. I don't go out of my way to offend people. I never call people out personally. No. I never, I never jump on other people's stuff. I just say how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, what's worked for me, yeah. what I believe to be the truth. And some people get empowered by it and yeah. some people choose to be disempowered by yeah. it. And I'm okay either way because the reality is, Dodge, there's nothing, there's nobody that can dislike me more than I've disliked myself. Yeah, okay. There's nobody that can say anything about me that I haven't already said. Yeah. So someone will come at me, I'm like, oh yeah, mate, uh, you know that about me yeah. because I said it. Yeah. Someone messaged me the other week saying, hey, Paul, I'm still waiting for you to refund me from 2014 when you were snorting coke off my desk off your desk. I was like, well, refund you for what? You got everything you paid for. And you know that I was snorting cook on my desk because I fucking had the balls to see it. Yeah. You wouldn't have known that unless yeah. I told you. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's quite... Um, what was uh, what was his name? It's a woman. Was it's it a woman? woman? I can't remember it? her name because she was that insignificant in me, though. Yeah, off skis. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> but it's, it's always an interesting thing. Like, um, there's something very empowering about being able to walk into a room and having no skeletons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mate. It, it took a while for people to get used to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did a live show last year. I did two, I did a live show London this year. I did a live show Newcastle last year. A thousand people in a theatre. And some of the things that I'm saying on the stage, everything, me mum and dad, yeah. I've never heard me say before. Are your mum and dad there by the Yeah, my mum and dad are there, yeah. <laughs> the first line is, the first line of me show is, 
like that story of I'm on the edge of this yeah. cliff. How the fuck did I end up here? Yeah. And I'm talking about coke. I'm talking about porn. It's a, it's a full show. The rest of it's funny as fuck, actually. Yeah. Even if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> but my mum and dad were at this thing, and the end of it, they came up with me and said, "Some are really proud of you. That was amazing." Oh, quality. So, and then they came to London. Yeah. So, tell it, me your journey. Tell me your journey. Because sit on the journey. 2014. You were you were about to commit suicide. Yeah. Bless you. And bless now your, I'm here. Bless your wife yeah. for that moment. Save What's me your life. wife's name? My wife's name's Leslie. Leslie. Massive yeah. respect to you, Leslie, yeah. for what you put up with. She's the only woman that could amazing. tolerate me. Literally amazing. Yeah. I can me, even now, I'm yeah, a handful. No. no, I know. I can see. It's great. <laughs> I enjoy it. But, but uh, for your wife to yeah. go through what she's gone through for 23 mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. the highs and lows, the mm -hmm. pressures, the, the losing you for three days on gear and madness. You know, you don't know whether you're going to come back alive or come back on Monday yeah. morning with... You know, mm -hmm. lost your jewellery and wallet and phone and... And it's not just me massive dick that means it's the... Because <laughs> <laughs> I always get that punching comment. Every time I post a photo, my me misses, it's like, oh, punching. Punching. Mate, mate, you're forgetting that I'm hilarious and I've got a massive <laughs> dick. <laughs> Tell me on the journey yes. how you've, you've helped a lot, a lot of men. A lot, a lot of men. Unbelievable. Because so many men look at you and go, he said it how it is. There's so many men out there who have got so many skeletons mm -hmm. hid behind them mm -hmm. and can't express this because mm -hmm. they've got a job in the city mm -hmm. or they've got a, you know, I'm, what I'm seeing, you know, I said about the suicide rate a minute ago, I said like between 40 and uh, uh, 50 year olds, highest suicide rate. How many of those men, right, in their twenties were partying? Hard. You finish rugby or you finish your sport, you get on it, you, you used to drinking 10 pints and shots. And it's fun, that's and the it's thing. Fun, and it's you're just fun. getting through it and you go, okay, that's my 20s, I smashed that up, mm -hmm. had it hard, raved all weekend and partied, been to IB for five times. You get you away did, with it. You get away with it. Yeah. You get into your 30s, you start finding a miss, you start settling down, mm -hmm. you get a mortgage. You think you can still do it. You think you can still do it. What I find amazing is people in their 40s now are still smashing it up, but what I'm noticing is that's where all the problems starting to happen. Mm -hmm divorcing they're in a job that they really don't like because mm -hmm. the job when they're in 20 in the corporate city going oh i'm on bigger wage everyone else they're piss bored in their job right now they're stuck and they're trapped but they've got a mortgage up to the tilt they've got mm -hmm. a car on tick mm -hmm. they've got kids at private school mm -hmm. and they're living this lifestyle that they have to keep up but actually inside they're dying mm -hmm. that's the bit where i'm mm -hmm. thinking now maybe i can see why that and those group, are the people that love my shit yeah it yeah. is is it yeah that age group is my most popular clientele. Most of my people are self-employed. And for some, in 2020, I got bullying into working with women now as well. So yeah. whole, we're working with hundreds of women now as okay. well because the message is the same. Yeah. Less fucking talking, yeah. <laughs> more changing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and even that during that whole period, now we're thinking about this, I didn't even talk to that many. I can't say a shrink helped me or anything because none of those people are going to stop drinking for me. Yeah, of course. None of those people are gonna how are you get up and journal people? in the how, morning, how coaching, you? mentoring, online programs, my books, my podcast. Um, what the name of your books? I'm sure not. So I've got uh, "Fucking Unstoppable: The Modern Man's oh, Guide to Grabbing Life by called? the Balls." Fucking Unstoppable. Unstoppable. That's a self-published yeah. thing that I wrote in 2018. Yeah, I've got a free book audio book that I have called How to Win Self-Sabotage and Stop Fucking Up. I'm a big fan of the F word. Yeah. And then my biggest book was the one that I did with Harper Collins last year, which is called Paul Mort Will Save Your Life. Wow. And that one is the one that's hit a lot of people. That's where you've blown up, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. over the last couple of years, you and yeah. I have clocked each other, yeah. but I've actually seen you blow up. The book, yeah. the book helped a ton of men because what we did was... What do you, what do you talk about in that book that can help people listening right now yeah. or listening going, I really like this conversation with yeah, Paul yeah, and Dodge. Yeah. What can that book help them? So the book's mad practical. Yeah. That's why when, when we say, what do you help them with? My shit is practical as fuck. Most self-help stuff is fluff yeah. and theory. Okay, that was great. What, that like book was great. Go, oh yeah, positive thinking. What do I do I'll now? Sit in a corner and, and, and dream what you want to do. There's Actually, not even, what are you, you saying? You don't even get that. No, you don't. What are you saying then? I'm saying, let's look at where you're at right now and, and take responsibility. You're the creator of your life. Life doesn't happen to you. You're the creator of your life. Let's create some... I think, here's what I think a big problem for modern men is, and I know it happens to women as well, because I've worked with few, with a few hundred, but I've never been a woman, so I can't describe, I've never been a woman. Um, but I know a few, and what I think a big epidemic is right now is men have no sense of purpose, yeah. no mission, no, sorry vegans, animal to hunt. Yeah. Men are supposed to have missions and animals to hunt. Think about when you're younger, your mission is meet a missus. Yeah. Your mission is get a good job. Your mission is get married. 
your messages, your missions, have a couple of kids. But that's only passed down by your parents. After that, what's next? Yeah, but that's only passed down by oh, your it parents, is. It, it totally is. Yeah. But if you don't have a mission and something to move towards yeah. and something that inspires you and compels you to move towards it, a sense of purpose or an animal to hunt, what do you do? You yeah. go around in fucking circles yeah. and you end up back home because there's no destination in mind. And I think that's what happened. So I shared that. I help people set that up. I teach them what to do on the daily to keep their shit together. I teach them what to do on the on the weekly to just keep moving towards this thing. You know what it's like, mate, when you've got something you're excited about, yeah, you just fucking get stuck yeah. into it. Now, I think most, and I'll say men, but most people are living lives of fucking quiet desperation. Yeah. Like, let's make it to Friday. Let's make it to what, two weeks in Turkey yeah. where we'll be pissed the whole time. Yeah. Like that's people, yeah. no mission, no sense of wandering through life in a haze, mm. lethargic like zombies. You said it before. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is not a criticism. This is the fucking truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know because I've been there and I know because I've helped thousands of people get out of that. And it starts with taking radical responsibility for where you're at. You created it, yeah. no one else. And then just setting some aims and targets and creating a, a vision of your future that compels you and excites you and challenges you because... I think the truth is, most of us try and avoid discomfort. Mm. So you think about this booze and sniff makes you comfortable mm. until it doesn't. So we avoid discomfort and end up with it anyway. So I'm like, and I learned this from a guy called Dr. John Martini. If I don't seek out challenge that inspires me, yeah. if I don't seek out discomfort that inspires me, I attract challenge that drains me. Because yeah. the comfortable life doesn't exist really. Yeah. I it's mean, getting that fine balance, right, from boredom yeah. when you're to burnout. To burnout. And yeah. burnout is painful to see. Yeah, it is. Boredom is painful to see. Yeah. It's just getting that, trying to get the happy medium, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. It's, and that's having that's about having goals and targets that inspire you. Mm. That's all. And so many people, when I, I get a lot of DMs, like 400 a week or something, yeah. with questions like that. And I'm just like, what are you working towards right now? And almost... 100% of the time it's well mm, what do you mean I've got they don't a job. even know nothing yeah. nothing how do you want to feel people don't even know how they want to feel they Agree. just know how they don't want to feel Agree. do you know what I mean one of my f people can't wait to tell me how they feel and I'm like I get it how do you want to feel Yeah. Uh, I don't want to feel like this I'm like I didn't ask you how you didn't want to feel ask you how you do want to feel because mm. you'll get more of what you're focused on mm. yeah so what do you think most people are men committing suicide for the reasons? Is it financial? Is it drugs? Is it drink? Is it... Um, I think I think take your pick. It's literally take your I pick. I think take your pick. I think anybody that is contemplating suicide is because they can't see a future. So they can only see now and they can only see the past. They can't see a compelling future. So that's one of the keys when I'm working with people. That's just like, if I can create a future that can get excited about, even if it's not for them, even if they can't create a future for them, they can create a future for the kids. Kids are big leverage to me. Yeah. Big leverage. If, I, if you come to me and say, I'm suicidal, I'm struggling, and I say you've got kids in your profile picture, you are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm coming at you. Yeah. I'm coming at you. <clears throat> and obviously I do refer to a lot of people because that's not, that's not my thing really, but I'm not a professional. I mean, I am a professional to be fair, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to usually direct you towards someone like campaign against living miserably or yeah. Samaritans or something. But, I just think that people can't see any other way out because yeah. they can't see a future because they're so, they're so, they've almost got a blindfold on where all they can see is now. Yeah, it's like a horse. Yeah, horse with yes, little, that's exactly yeah. what it's like. Yeah, okay. Horse with blinkers on. I can yeah. only see now and I can only see my past. I can't see the future. So therefore, there's no point in living. Well, do you not think like the past people are living in guilt? Oh yeah, the Guilt, future they're living shame, in shame, hurt, hurt, and then yeah. the future feeling they've got fear because yeah. the whole world's giving everyone fear. Yeah. Again, it's trying to get people back into the present yeah. and realise how lucky we are. Yeah. And having that gratitude, of course, yeah. a nice day today. Or yeah. I think we can get into, I think there's two bits of the present is that, I think there's actually the whole thing is, I like looking back with skill. So I think there's looking, I actually think looking back's useful because that's where all your lessons are. Yeah. Mostly the things that you're grateful for have already happened. Yeah. Things that you appreciate already happened. The things, the areas where you're confident is because of your past. Yeah. But I think people just look back backwards unskillfully. Mm. They look at what didn't work, what's not working for them, what they don't like, who mm. they don't like, who's upset them. Whereas I, every day I do this, I write down three things that went really well that day, yeah. every day. Yeah. Someone who I impacted in a positive yeah. way. And you start to do that, you start to say, actually looking backwards is useful. Yeah. But it's the same with looking forward. I mean, if, if I want to be inspired, 
I get excited about something in the future, a goal, a target. Yeah. Excitement belongs in the future. Mm. Like, excitement for me is fucking intoxicating. Oh. Like, I love that feeling. And that can be created on demand. Think about this. This is what blows me out of. I can feel excited so I can change my body because yeah. your body changes when you're yeah. excited with thought alone. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, amazing. I have a thought. My brain sends a signal down to my hormonal centers and my body creates chemicals. Yeah. It's, that's incredible. Of and people don't even know of how course. to do this. Yeah. The, the thing is they're doing it anyway. Yeah. They're doing it anyway unconsciously. So if you feel like shit because of your thinking, think about that. Yeah. You're not even trying. Change your thought. Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine yeah. that, yeah. yeah. And I'll just ask so the question. It's, it's, it's actually being conscious of your unconscious. It's exactly that. So yeah. that you never go unconscious to it again. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. So, and it's mad this because I run a lot of events, even in a theatre show. I could be in a theatre. How do you earn How do you earn your pound note today? Coaching. Okay. Coaching, yeah. Tell me yeah. how you earn via coaching so if someone's out there listening now again you know what i love this love his style yeah. he's a geezer yeah. he says it how it is i can make this work i yeah. want to work with this family. yeah yeah what do they do how do you keep so we so we start with a book and obviously i get some royalties on the book but mate books are fucking, yeah, it's ours. You get it's nothing ours, yeah. nothing yeah, 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 yeah. nothing but it's a nice funny enough i did just have. get a check funny enough yeah. i've been to luke's this morning he gave me a check this morning did he i say give me a check fucking hell where did i go to 1990 <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he showed me a fucking mm. P&L or whatever it's called. I don't know what it yeah. is. Um, but then people, so, and the thing is, I gave so much away for free. I mean, fuck me. Them first two books I talked about, I don't even charge for them yeah. anymore. Yeah. People can just get them for yeah. free. Yeah. I have a bunch of free courses, but I also have different level courses. So someone wants to work with me for 28 days, I have a course there. Yeah. Someone wants to come work for me at 90 days, I have a course there. Someone wants to work with me for a year, I have a course there. Okay. And then I just have different levels, really. Um, so if someone, wanted, if someone was fully in, right? Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. listen to you, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Paul, I've Let's got go to on. make. I've got to make a serious decision. I was. I'm going to lose my wife. Mm -hmm. I might lose my kids. I might mm -hmm. lose my job. Mm -hmm. I'm boozing four nights a week, five nights a week. I'm at home having a bottle of white wine on a Monday night. Mm -hmm. uh, Thursday, I'm getting caught up in a bit of gear in the city or whatever. And then on Monday, I'm going again. And I've been doing this for twenty years. I need to get out and stop. I'm going to commit to you for a year. Mm -hmm. How much are you going to charge me?" And what Great am I question. going to get for my pound note? Great question. So first up, you'd have to qualify to get into that program. What I mean by that is you'd have to come through like a, a period where you prove that you're fucking committed. Yeah. So that might be 20 days and 90 days. So if you come and work with me for 90 days, which is usually entry level, yeah. um, I will teach you everything you need to know about getting your shit together. Yeah. I'll be available once a week on Zoom. I'll put you in a peer group of people on the same fucking mission as yeah. you, which by the way, it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. People talk about being the average of the five people you spend the most yep. time with, but I'm, I mean, I spend most of my time with my wife, a nine-year-old girl and an 11-year-old boy. Mm. <laughs> like mm. that. I don't know if I believe that, but I do believe in the power of you will, you will. If you take your misses and the kids out of the equation, Yes. You you are the yes. you are the strength of the five people you hang around. You will if you hang around five numpties, you're going to be the sixth. You will right. either raise or lower your standards yes. to fit in with the people that you spend the most time yeah. with. Okay. So I will put you in a peer group of people that are raising their standards, yeah. which means you'll raise yours. Yeah. Most of our friendship groups, most of us will lower our standards to get the approval of our mates, and we yeah. call it peer pressure. Yeah. Like no, mate, that's you lowering your standards yeah. to get their approval. That's all it is. There's no pressure. There's you either lowering your standards or choosing to keep higher standards. So I'll put you in a peer group of people like that. I'll send you my my journal. I'll teach you, journaling's fucking incredible. I'll teach you that. Explain, I'll show you. Explain to me my journaling. So journaling for me is, is I teach a style of journaling that I call prompted journaling, which is essentially questions that you answer every morning inside of a journal. Because if this concept of where I place my attention is where I place my energy, yep. most people's attention as soon as they wake up is on their problems. I will show, I teach people, so so if, if attention and focus is controlled by questions, so I share with people a series of questions that, for example, the first question is, how do you want to feel today? Yeah. The second question is, why do you want to feel like that? Mm. So leverage. Mm. Third question is, okay, what am I willing to do to feel like that? Yeah. Easy. Simple. Now I'm directing my attention and my focus and therefore my energy towards how I want to feel, yeah. which on its own is empowering yeah. because my attention has to go somewhere. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. My attention has why, to go why, somewhere. Why do people feel, I don't know what percentage, want to wake up and feel negative thoughts straight away? They don't know how to. Because they, they don't, don't know, know what how. else to do. Okay. That's so they home they're... in on yeah. <laughs> someone that pissed them off maybe a month ago, or even sometimes 10 years ago, yeah. they're still holding on to yeah. that. Yeah. How do they let go of that? Well, that's a great question. The answer 
is going to sound very cheesy and very American, but the answer is an attitude yeah. of gratitude. Yeah. This is really easy. I, yeah. Actually, it's not easy. It's simple. If I've had an event with someone, because remember, an event is just an event. It's our imagination that decides the meaning and fills in all of the gaps. In fact, new evidence has shown that 50% of our memories are actually untrue. Mm. <laughs> so if I recall an experience, only 50% of it is true, mm. which is fucking mind blowing. Mm. So it's actually most of the time, it's our imagination filling in the gaps around yeah. something that happened about what, it's usually not the thing that they did, but it's why we think they did it. Yeah. That causes the problem. Yeah. So what we have to do is look at the fact. What's the fact? P did this. That's it. Okay, write down 10 reasons why you're thankful that that happened. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We so should. Be, and then, so be thankful for them. That's it. For, okay. find, the, find the gift. Yeah. Think about any relationship that's ended that at the time broke your heart. I bet you can look back now and think, thank fuck I dodged that yeah. bullet. Yeah. Like, so when people say to me, Paul, you must have a lot of regrets. Nah. Mm. Even though I've hurt people, upset people, et cetera, et cetera. I can see that everything I've done has benefited other people in the long run. Mm. Like even maybe I was with a girl when I was younger and I cheated on her, right? Mm. Me cheating on her has led her to meeting her fucking perfect partner. Yeah. So <laughs> she turn it into she wouldn't have part, met yeah. him. Yeah. She wouldn't. Have, so even that guilt thing, I don't even have guilt because yeah. I'm like, I can guilt, being guilty for feeling guilty only happens when I can only see downsides yeah. for the person. Yeah. So we, we let it go by getting grateful for it. And actually the second thing is, if I wanna get over something and move on from something, I've gotta not just get grateful for it and find a gift. I've then gotta be focused on my future, yeah. that, that whole future thing again. Yeah. I can't be focused on my future this way, whilst at the same time looking at my past. Yeah. I can't look both ways at the same time. I'm not a fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a big knob, but I'm not a horse. <laughs> I like how you throw numbers in there. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever looked back at your past, your childhood, mm -hmm. And has anything ever triggered you? Is there any trauma no. in your childhood at all to no. make you the person you are? I kind of wish there was, because there's yeah. a cool story there. Yeah. I had a normal upbringing. Yeah. I got I'm on a week holiday at least every single year in the school holidays. Um, can't think of any. I got bit by a dog once. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's it. So you've had a normal upbringing. What, Very what, not what, so normal. Like, it's even boring. My, when I started my first book, sorry, my last book with mm. Harper Collins, she kept asking me questions. I'm yeah. like, and I almost led with that story. I've never been fucking on the dole. I've never been homeless. Yeah. I've got all my body parts. I've got my mum and dad have never been divorced. Yeah. I've never been abused. Yeah. I've never been bankrupt. I've never had any of those things. What age did you start your business? 21. 21. In 2001. And what, was that the business? Was that the business? That was, I started as a personal trainer. No, what, what when did you start your um, protein uh, supplement protein business? protein supplement business, 2000 and... Roughly. 11. 11. 11. How much are you turning over at peak? <sighs> Maybe about 600 bags a year. Okay. Not that much. Turnover? Yeah. And then what about your profit? <sighs> a third of that. Okay. So you're having a good earn it, a good, good earn a couple of, couple of hundred good bags. Good earn it, yeah. Okay. yeah. Were you splitting that with anyone or was that yourself? My business partner at the okay. time, yeah. So you're on 100 Gs. 100 Gs. By the way, that's only one of me companies as yeah, well. I'm yeah, doing yeah. business coaching. I'm doing, That's how I know James Smith because yeah. I coached him back in the day. Yeah. Um, but that business there, still going strong. Yeah. Still going Have strong. Have you still got it? No, I sold it in 2015. Okay. Yeah. So I sold my shares to my business partner at the time in 2015. And was he happy that you were out? Because at 2015, you obviously... <sighs> imagine, hold on a minute, this... How's your business partner been through the whole of this when you've been partying hard and Mate, this, you're 50 this is, That so can't he, been easy. He lived in Portugal. Yeah. I lived in Marbella. So we, I, I did this ride from Portugal to Marbella. And then originally I said, listen, mate, I've got a... Because I'm, I'm still the guy with all the contacts here. He yeah. knows the numbers. He's yeah. great at Google ads. I'm the guy with the contacts. Yeah. I'm in the fitness game. I know all these big names. I'm speaking of body power. I know Al Barrett. Yeah. I know all these grinning. I've got yeah. all the... I've got the contacts at Holland and Barrett. I've got the contacts at fucking Selfridges. Yeah. So he's not, he's kind of relying on us, but in 2015, this is mad, end of 2014, I said, listen, mate, I've got to move back home. Mm. So he moved back as well. And he's from, he's actually, he lived in Luxembourg when I first met him. So he's moved back, this is mad, to a town near me in Durham mm. called Pity Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's so funny, it's not even a joke. <laughs> so he's moved there and I'm like, three months in, I'm like, listen, mate, I need out of this. I fucking hate it. Yeah. My accountant's one of my best friends. He's like, mate, if you hang on to this, mm. you're going to be a fucking, you're going to make serious What's money. the name of the company? It's called Lean Greens. Okay. Lean Greens. We started off with just a greens powder yeah. when greens powders weren't yeah. even a thing. Yeah. So 
he said, if you hold it, I said, mate, listen, if I wanted to be rich and miserable, I'd work offshore. Like yeah. all my mates work offshore, they fucking hate it, but they get paid big cheese mm. um, on oil rigs and that. And for him, it got uncomfortable because then we started negotiating. He made me an offer. I was like, nah. But at the time, I was almost, I was so volatile that I was almost like, fuck this, just have it. Right, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. So then I, I was being fucking arsehole with him. I was an arsehole with my wife. Just fucking burn it to the ground. We don't fucking need yeah, it anyway. Yeah. The problem was he was also a partner in another business. Right, okay. The partner, the business that he was a partner and he didn't even do anything either. Yeah. I'm still yeah. great mates with him. Yeah. But this was a business that I'd set up. I just want, and I was in that period of my life when I set that up where I was like, I need some help with this, some yeah, tech okay. help. Yeah. So let's go. So then he had to buy me out of that. It was just a, it was all a bit of a cluster, fuck me. But yeah, um, it, hard being a part of my life then. Mm. Very hard being a part of my life. Yeah. How's your relationship with James Smith? My relationship with James Smith is so good that he asked me to open his live show. I saw. So I opened in Newcastle, I opened in Belfast. We have the same manager now. Uh, Luke Betts. Luke Betts, big great Luke. Lad. Uh, great lad. Great lad. Won't come on a podcast with he anyone. He won't. He nah, won't. I'll get, I'll, I'm going to get him on Do you reckon you're going to get him on before me? 100%. Do Yeah. I said, we won't do a video and we'll use like a Darth Vader yeah. over the top of the mic. his voice away. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want Crime Watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Picture out the we'll face. Do Crime Watch. Do you remember in Crime Watch back in the day when they used to picture out the face? If you squinted, you could. You could tell it was. Better, yeah, it's yeah. mad. It's yeah. mad. So yeah, he's uh, yeah. My relationship with James is fucking great. He, he so texted me so, yesterday. Mate, is he? Is he? He's done unbelievably mate, well. Phenomenal. I'm so proud of him. Same. Honestly, when I went on the stage in Newcastle, my hometown, yeah. my parents there? are there. Thousand people. Yeah. Thousand people. When I went on the stage. Luke was like, can you do this? I'm so proud of James thing. And honestly, I looked and it's mad, you know, because this is my hometown. I've got some of my friends and family there. He's given me 15 minutes. The first thing I say is I'm not James Smith. Because <laughs> a lot of people aren't even expecting me to be there. They're yeah. like, some, when I went to Belfast, right? It's 1,200 people in Belfast and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? And I'm standing there, by the way. After 10 minutes, I'm standing with just me budgie smugglers on <laughs> and a pair of goggles. <laughs> By the end, they're like, oh, more, more really? Yeah, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was class. Yeah, but so Jim, where did you go? Just go and introduce him, did you? So, I'm a speak <laughs> speaking's my thing. Yeah. Like, it's out of all the things that I do. You enjoy that the most. Zoom, podcast, yeah. writing, all that kind of shit. Being on stage is my fucking natural home. Really? Oh, I laugh at my own jokes yeah, and everything. Okay. Laugh at my own. Yeah. It's just my natural home, mate. I don't get nervous. I yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. If you give me a 10-minute slot, I'm going to ask for 20. If you yeah. give me a two-hour slot, I'm going to ask for my own show. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and mate, I'm getting, we're doing really well out of it now, wasn't it? I got flown to Puerto Rico to speak with Gary V this Did year. You? Puerto Rico. All my family flown out as well. It was mad. Um, so, we've got loads of shit like that happening. Um, how, but did yeah, that, how did that come about? They saw me do a theatre show yeah. in Newcastle last year. Day after, I get a message. I'm flying to Dubai the day after. She texts me. I got a message saying, Paul, hey, we'd love to fly you out first class to speak in Puerto Rico, Gary Vee. And I'm like, do you know when you hear footballers saying they got a call from Alex Ferguson? Yeah, 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 and they yeah, said, fuck yeah, off. Whatever, yeah. I'd had that yeah. moment, whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, it's Puerto Rico in Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> Is that next to Palmer? <laughs> Yeah, anyway, and, and then they offered me fucking good money. They, they said, we'll fly you out, we'll fly your family out, et cetera, et cetera. And that was, that was amazing. And it was then, I mean, I've spoken at a lot of events. Like I've, I've spoken in Vegas. I've spoken, um, I've spoken at conventions. I've spoken at Body Power for years. Um, but th this, the thing for James Smith was just, I realised actually this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So next year, that's why I'm here in, yeah. in well, not Bournemouth, you're in pool. Yeah. I was in Portsmouth yeah. because that's where Luke lives, planning out what we're going to do next year. Are you going to go on a little your own tour? I will. So the you, the challenge that I have is my profile is small. So for me to sell out a theatre with a thousand people looks yeah. like that's incredible. Yeah. For the numbers that you've got on your socials yeah. compared to like compared the, to the, the people that watch and James follow me, or, yeah. like yeah, like what I do. Yeah. Um. So that's what I think we'll do that next year. Yeah. And do you think what's the future for you? The media future is to get a new book deal. Okay. To get this tour on. But mate, if I'm on TV, if I'm mainstream, which comes with its own challenges, that's why I'm getting that's why I get all of my things out the closet now. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to go fucking mainstream, mate. Yeah. I've got a I think I've got an important message to share and I think I've got a very unique way of sharing it yeah. in a way that many people haven't got the balls to do. Yeah. 
that might actually stop me from going mainstream as yeah. well because I can't imagine me in many TV shows saying, yeah, this is... Oh, you're talking you know again. Beep. Yeah, da, 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 exactly. Beep. Exactly. <laughs> now, we're, we're actually working on bringing that off a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, but that's the future for me. I mean, listen, me sitting behind Zoom isn't going to change no, much. No. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the future for me, mate. Yeah, I'm excited. What do you want to change in men these days? <laughs> oh, that's a world-class question. What do I want to change? I kind of want men to take responsibility and realize that there's actually another way to live their life. And it doesn't have to be going teetotal. It doesn't mean never getting on the bag. It just means doing better because they know better. I think I think fair play to, listen, men have it, men have it. And I'm not saying women don't because I've worked with hundreds of women. Again, I've never been one, so I don't know, but men have it actually fairly tough. There's no, there's no one who, who they can look up to and say, do you know what? I want to be like that. There's, there's nowhere for that. There's not many places for them to turn. There's nobody that's really leading the way. As soon as you try to start change, you've got other blokes will fucking criticize you or take the piss out of you. Um, so what I want to change in men is number one is to, to get them to be, well, yeah, I created this. It's nobody else's fault. It's me, but then not beat themselves up for it. Yeah. But actually if I've created this, I'm empowered by that. I'm in control, realize they're in control and then almost show them another way. I think men are very practical. And I think we need more practical tools like journaling, like meditation, like everyone knows the exercise thing, like just loads of other different things. Mm. I think it's getting better though, actually. Yeah, I think it is as I well. I think it's getting better. I think people are starting to get into this fucking ice bath thing, this cold therapy yeah. thing, this meditation shit, even this journaling shit, this men reading thing. I think it is getting better. I agree. But we don't get shown when it gets better, do we? Yeah. <laughs> but people, but men, it feels like men are actually wanting to look after themselves yeah. more. Yeah. Do you think that uh, drugs is rife in the UK with men. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to get a hold of. Um, it makes you feel good. Because yeah. <laughs> again, you got to consider, if I've had a hard week, by the time it gets to Friday, all I want to do is feel better. Yeah. Celebrate my week. Almost congratulate myself on getting through another week to relieve some stress. There's not many faster and more convenient ways to feel better. That's yeah. the problem with it. Yeah. So when I start to get a hand on my bruising and sniffing, I'm like, right, okay. When, when lads say to me, listen, I'm not going to drink or sniff this week. I'm like, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to stay in. That's not going to work. Yeah. You need to have something to get excited about, just mm. like you would get excited mm. about boozing and sniffing. Mm. I think that's why a lot of people do it because they've gotten, they're like, oh, it's Friday. What have I got to look forward yeah. to? Oh, boozing. Yeah. They don't have anything else to get excited yeah. about. There's no mission for them to get stuck into. And boozing and sniffing is convenient. Yeah. It's easy. Whereas if you say, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym instead, I'm like, fuck off, man. Yeah. You're not. That's going to involve you getting your gear out, driving to the fucking gym, having a hard workout session. It hurts. It's yeah. not exactly fun for a lot of people. Mm. So you got to find a replacement for that as well. It's not as simple as just stop drinking. Yeah. It's, you have to start something else as well. You have to have mm. something else that gets to, you have to basically create more things to give a fuck. The more things you can create to give a fuck about and get excited about, yeah. the better. Mm. So, so if someone asked me a question about when I was seven months booze free, they said, is it not a bit boring? Like going to the pub, do you not find that boring? I'm like, going to the pub right now, the way that I've set this up would be a downgrade on my week. Mm. It's not that I don't like yeah, it. It's that, yeah. well, actually Friday night, oh, well, I go to jujitsu on a Friday yeah. night. Oh, well, I'm going to the cinema with the kids. Yeah. Oh, we're going rock climbing. We're going go-karting. Yeah. So I always have <clears throat> I always have things planned in because sitting in the house thinking about not drinking, no, it's, it's <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. people do. Yeah. They sit in the house and think about not drinking. But it's empowering. It's really empowering, isn't it? it Having that discipline. And discipline for me is the absolute key. You know what, Dodge? I don't yeah. even feel like I need discipline because yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, there's no discipline required to do things that are fun as fuck. But discipline on the food, discipline on the drink. Yes. Just, just having that, all that discipline in your life is very important. I think it's about having a plan. Yeah. Because I think it's hard to be disciplined when there's no plan because yeah. there's nothing to be disciplined to. Mm. People just don't make plans. They just rely on willpower. Yeah. And that expires very mm. quick. How would, a, how would a bloke know if he was depressed? when he can't be bothered to do the things that he normally loves. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to think, oh, I can't be bothered to go to the gym. Yeah. Can't be, but when you can't be bothered to do the things that you normally love, yeah. that's when I'd know. So if I get to the point where I'm like, mate, I would turn up to jujitsu. In fact, I did last year with a torn pec. I'd yeah. turn to jujitsu feeling ill. Yeah. 
if I didn't want to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. But I'd, it doesn't matter how tired I am, I'll still go. Same with watching football, going to the match, it doesn't matter, I'm still going to go. That's yeah. the things that I value. Going on holiday with family, it doesn't matter. But if I start then dreading those things and not wanting to do those things, that's when I'd know. Mm. Yeah. Like it, when man. I don't want to do things that I love. What advice would you give to someone if there's, a, if there's men out there at the moment who are depressed mm -hmm. and have been depressed for a long time but haven't mm -hmm. actually fully realised it and they're having mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts? Mm -hmm. Two things. One, create that compelling vision of your future. You've got to look at, okay, in three years' time or even six months' time, if we were having this conversation in six months, what after have happened for me to be happy with my progress? What does my future look like? Spending the time to do that, though, seems a bit shit. The second thing we've got to do is, is and this is empowering for me, and I've always got to get the language right in there because it does sound like I'm saying it's your fault. Yeah. It kind of is. It kind of is. So every time I blame something else for my depression, I'm giving power to that thing yeah. for this depression of because it's not my depression. It's just a state, right? Every time I point the finger, it's, even if I pointed it at booze and coke, that's still me not taking responsibility because I've got my fingers pointing away from me. Yeah. If I'm like... If I take responsibility and say, I created all of this, then I've got the power then. Yeah. It's not me saying it's my fault. Oh, I'm to blame poor me. It's I'm, I'm, I've got the power here to make different decisions. And that's hard. One of the hardest things about change is just not doing what you did yesterday. Yeah. One of the hardest things about change is not doing what you'd normally do on a Friday. Mm. So once you take that responsibility, that radical responsibility and be like, I created this. But what would I create if I put my mind to it? Yeah. That's, that's where I would start. So it's having a bit of a plan. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a plan. A little bit of clarity, maybe not knowing how you're going to do it, but knowing what and why, because yeah. then the how's easier. Um, knowing what you want, why you want it, who else is involved, who else will impact, who else suffers if you don't. That's huge leverage. Yeah. Who else will who be else impacted? Suffers, yeah. Who else suffers and who else will be impacted? So if, if you I took your own life, who else is going to suffer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 mate. That's, that's it. Powerful. Yeah, and that was a huge thing for me because the thing about this, mate, I'm kind of going full circle on this was, it's not just my kids growing up as those dads, those kids whose dad killed himself. It's them spending the rest of their lives wondering what they could have did different. With a lovely figure. Wonder if it was their fault. Yeah. Wondering if it was them that were naughty kids. Yeah. My wife wondering if it was, she already thought that, if Jesus. it was her fault. Jeez. That's what changed it for me. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck whether I lived or died then. Mm. I wanted to die. But what I wasn't willing is to pass it on to my wife and kids. Are you 100% control of your life right now? Yes. Wicked. Yes. I was, I was then as well. Yeah. I was then as well. Yeah, I just I didn't, so, yeah. I just didn't realise it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in control of how I react to things. I'm in control of, people don't like this either. I'm in control of how I feel. Yeah. Think about what I said before. If I can control how I feel. No one can. By thinking spot, a yeah. thought. Just by thinking a thought. It's mm. mad. I, mm. mate, I can have a room full of people and I'll have them close their eyes and I'll say, think about someone that really pisses you off. You can fucking feel the energy yeah. in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds terrible. I, I, found, yeah. I found it sound American as fuck. Yeah. So, but you can feel it in the yeah, room. Yeah. And then I can say, think about it. Just if you wanted to feel proud, think about something in your life that you're really proud of. Mm. You can fucking feel it. Yeah. I can feel it in the room. Yeah. Changes the energy. It does. Yeah, in, my, in my theatre show, after I ask a question about being, after I talk about being pissed off and negative people, right, which is ironic, yeah. when I talk about that, I have to get people to stand up and, yeah. and clap and slap their chest because the energy just goes Yeah. Which is mad because all I've done is ask a question. Yeah. Their brain has looked for a reference mm. and then their bodies created a chemical mm. and then suddenly they feel like angry mm. with just a thought. Mm. Isn't that mad? Mm. But also I can do it the other way around, which is empowering as fuck. People mm. just don't. I think it's because the reason I'm so good at it is because I practice it. Yeah. You get good at what you practice. You do. What you're good at, you've practiced. So most people just haven't practiced. But I think the sad thing is because I haven't been shown how. Mm. We're not shown how to do this. Not shown how to do anything. We're shown the other way. We're not shown how to do business. We're not shown how to bring up a, a family. You're not, we're not shown anything. Nah, nah. Man, that's a whole new topic, mate. Yeah. We can go down that, yeah. whole, that thing. Paul, I, I, love, algebra, though, I love your energy, mate. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I've loved you it. being on the podcast. I've had a great time. Yeah, mate. And fun. you've asked great questions, mate. So thank, thank you. you, mate. Thank, thank you. you, mate. It's all, uh, it's all off cuff, mate. I love it. Cuff. I love it. But mate, really enjoyed you down here. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing you go to a whole new level in 2023 with your tour Me and too. your book. Where can people find you? Best place to... F I was going to say Instagram, but I'm having a big challenge with fake accounts right now. Yeah. A big Same. challenge. Annoying, Can't get the it? fucking blue tick. Same. Paul Mott won on... Um, 
on Instagram. You can check out my podcast, Paul Moore Talks Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is called Paul Moore yeah, Talks Shit. Yeah. You can check out my YouTube channel um, or don't follow me on Facebook because it's full of miserable bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Quality, mate. Thank You're you, a man, gentleman. Man. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it, Paul. Thank you, sir. Good luck to you, mate. Thank you.